Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Pac-Man Podcast. Patriotic American citizen, I'm Ted Flint. Good to be along with you, as always. And, you know, this morning I got to work and I got this text from my, my wife, and she said, turn on CNN. She said, CNN is airing the entire Obama speech at Glasgow, the, the, uh, the climate change summit in Glasgow. And I didn't want to turn it on because I cannot stand to look at this guy. I mean, eight years of him was enough. And she pointed out, she said, and I, and I copied and pasted her texts. She wrote, he's the president, not Biden. And I think a lot of us, and I've been saying this, anybody with a, you know, a modicum of common sense can figure out that Joe Biden is not running this country. And just to watch Obama, I watched all I could take of him, about two or three minutes, and he's just so phony. You know, he's looking off into the audience. But he, everything was, is for affectation. And he's trying to make it appear as though he's actually, uh, that he's ad-libbing it. I mean, he's reading off the teleprompter. He can still do that fairly well. But he said, and I didn't see him say this, but what my wife said, he said that Obama said he will personally make sure that we are all driving electric cars. This guy is so angry and stressed. And he tried to destroy President Trump, but it didn't work. And my seven-year-old son, Micah, picked out how Obama was trying to fire up the youth. He said, he said as much. My little seven-year-old, he said, he's trying to get everybody mad, Dad. He's trying to get everybody angry, especially the young people. I mean, Trotsky would be proud. This whole climate change business is nothing more than a communist power grab and a redistribution of wealth from the first world to the third world. That's all it is. They're redistributing America's wealth away from the people who earn it, basically. So Obama is running things in D.C. I mean, not Biden. Anybody would, would can see that. Somebody's running things. It's not Biden. I, my, my guess is Obama and his inner circle. I mean, why didn't Biden speak at the summit? He's too busy shuffling around the White House, falling asleep at meetings. I mean, but Obama, I was taken by his, how angry he is. Now, he's trying to fire up the the progressive base. He's trying to get them angry because he knows what's coming next year. The Republicans are going to take back both the House and the Senate. He knows it. He's angry at Trump. Uh, he's angry at Virginians for not voting for Comrade McAuliffe. He's mad at the people of Minneapolis for voting to keep its police force. But ultimately, he's mad at you and he's mad at me for thinking and voting the way we do, for loving our personal liberty and our freedoms. Well, I got news for you, Barry. You will never, ever see me own an electric car. Well, if he, if he wants to do that, he's welcome to do it. Middle America does not take to these electric vehicles. They're just not, they're not worth it. They're, they're too expensive. The, the batteries are, don't last long. And this guy, he's trying to push electric vehicles. And he, the whole thing with the left is there's climate change. And there may be climate change. The issue is, is whether it's man-made. Now, the left thinks that's the greatest that's the greatest problem confronting the America and the world is climate change. And the other side doesn't see it. It doesn't rate in any of the, the top issues facing Americans. As we saw in Virginia this past week, the top issues are education. Well, in Virginia, it's uh, taxes in the economy education and illegal immigration. Those are the issues that most Americans care most about. It's not climate change, Barry. Sorry, it just isn't. There's a report at Frontline America 
that said the spirit of Paul Revere is back in the Unite the Light events. Now, I haven't heard much about these Unite the Light events because I get CNN for my cable news source. And of course, you're not going to hear anything about it there. But I'll just read you this report from WorldNet Daily. Americans who feel plugged into the darkness of despair should find a glimmer of encouragement in this story about a group of patriotic Americans who've joined together in a brilliant two-month-long journey, according to the report. Now, I feel, con- I, I feel confident about the future. I feel encouraged, and it's got nothing to do with who's in Washington, who's running things in Washington. Nothing to do with that. As I've said before, we need to draw close to God, and he'll draw close to you. He's waiting for us. This politics is, is nonsense. It's, it's in, you know, every two years or four years, a House or a Senate flips or the, the White House flips in four years or eight years. It, it never seems really to change. Have you noticed? It changed somewhat under, under Trump for four years. And that's why they hate him, because he changed things. He's a change agent. He, he just flipped the system upside down, and the people in the system don't like it. Anyway, back to this uh, uh, Unite, the, uh, Unite the Light event. Organizer Felisa Blazik explained that there are events for everyone who has had the courage to speak up and to be attacked and yet continue to speak up and to still stand. And it's in reference to the, obviously, the the famous midnight ride of Paul Revere in 1775. It says here the ride was on April 18th, but the the fight actually began much earlier. And we're seeing events in America unfold. Americans are fighting back. There's this huge movement, and it's more than half the country. And the other half knows what's coming. They can sense it. We saw the beginnings of it in... in, uh, Virginia, but there's a lot of work. As Mark Levin said recently, it's one small step. We need to take other bigger steps to make sure we get our liberty back. So anyway, this this campaign will have the Liberty Lantern carried by volunteers across the 50 states. It began October 24th in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and will conclude Christmas Eve at an exact location to be announced later. Those people who've already uh, participated include Alveda King, uh, Wendy Rogers, and many more, and those who carry the lantern are being asked to post a two-minute-long video about their experience and what they're doing to preserve the Republic. So it's an interesting story. It's on World Net Daily. I'd like to take part in it. At Human Events, Brent Hamachek reported that Liberty Lantern is a symbolic tribute to Paul Revere's ride. And to celebrate the awakening taking place across the country regarding the threats against individual liberty. Being, we're being attacked from within, folks. But this Liberty Lantern is traveling by plane, train, and automobile, as well as by truck, horse and buggy, and foot. Also ferry, horseback, subway, motorcycle, bicycle, and surfboard. If uh, you want to find out more, go to the website, Unite the Light. A lot of the uh, the acrimony and a lot of the uh, the ill will between many Americans and their government is centers around the CDC and the all these the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates. The CDC over the weekend, this idiot who runs the CDC, uh, the director, uh, Rochelle Walensky, she's floating the argument for permanent mask mandates. Now, you knew this was coming. And I can see this in Albany. Everybody in Albany walks around all day in the concourse and throughout the halls of the assembly uh, in masks. There's no need for that. If you can't socially distance, then okay. Or if you're in a place with 
the, the, where the ventilation is not good, or if you're not sure of the ventilation, then you mask up. Or if you go in a, if I go in an elevator, I put on a mask. But I mean, you, you don't have to wear them when there's nobody around you. But everybody in the concourse, there's not that many people right now in Albany. The, the, the legislature's not in session. There are some meetings this week and hearings, but everybody's walking around with masks on. So anyway, the CDC uh, is declaring that masks can reduce the chance of infection from COVID-19 by 80%. That's contrary to what the CDC itself and real-world data has put out there. Walensky indicated masks could become a staple of American life. Maybe for you and your other idiots in Washington. She said that they also help protect from other illnesses like the common cold and the flu. Well, great. But you shouldn't be breathing in your own carbon dioxide. That's not good for you. I'm not a doctor. I don't think you need to be. People are having issues with masks. And she's one of these mask Nazis. So her guidance, if you can call it that, came in a tweet Friday night spotlighting a video produced by the CDC. Kyle Lamb is a data researcher for Republican Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. And you know something? Democratic governors are scared to death of Ron DeSantis. By the way, the state of Florida has the lowest rate of COVID infection. And he took issue, this Lamb took issue with Walensky. There is not a single study in the entire world that has been produced during the pandemic, or especially before the pandemic, that shows masks reduce infections by 80%. This is what he said on Twitter. This is the most comically bad misinformation I have ever seen. The CDC has been reduced to outright lies. Well, it's not the first time. Look at Fauci. He's been lying for a year and a half. I'll read you a couple of other quotes. Yale Law School professor Samantha Godwin said the CDC director has made, quote, a specific empirical claim for which no data exists. Misinformation breeds justified mistrust, is what she said on Twitter. Twitter. That's why they Americans mistrust their government, because the government routinely and regularly lies to them. There are, other, there are other quotes here. But, you know, I, I read two studies over the weekend, one in, one in Bangladesh. And I think those people know something about wearing masks. Masks are at best, at best, anywhere from 15 to 20 percent effective against COVID. 15 to 20 percent. Granted, it's not zero, but it's not 80 or 90 either. But these people are, I see in, in, in Albany and all around, really, are walking around, some of them driving around in their cars, in their Subarus, masked up. It makes no sense to me. People walking around outside wearing masks. They think they're totally protected. Well, they're not. You're 15 to 20% protected. And, you know, I'll just end up on this. I can't believe the, the 15 minutes has, has gone as quickly as it has. There's so many things I want to get to here. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers caught some heat over the past, you know, week or 10 days, he missed the Sunday's game against the uh, the Chiefs, and the Packers lost 13-7. They, they started uh, young, um, I can't think of his name, Love. I'm working on very little sleep here. Uh, so Rodgers was under the, the uh, COVID-19 protocol. He's, he's tested positive. He's asymptomatic. And he was on the, the uh, Pat McAfee show last week, and he decided against vaccination. He said he's allergic to something in the mRNA vaccines. So he sought other medical treatment, and the CDC and the government and the media has come down heavily on him. So he has a, a lengthy response. I won't read it all to you. 
But the State Farm commercials, he's a spokesman for State Farm. They're backing him. They say he's a great ambassador. He's been a great ambassador for our company for much of the past decade. There's this pressure to try to try to encircle Rogers and make a make an example out of him. He's made some comments about the woke culture here in America and about the cancel culture and the left is going crazy. It's a personal decision. And I'll give you, uh, here's what Rogers said. When speaking on McAfee's show, he said, his perspective, it's, it's about personal health decisions. In my opinion, they should be private. They shouldn't have to be gone through the ringer and over-scrutinized by people who are just pushing their own type of propaganda onto people. You want to have a conversation about it? I'm more than willing to have a conversation about it. But bodily autonomy is a right. And shaming and the outing that people seem to be getting off on so much, uh, you know, these days. Can you believe these crackpots or who are not vaccinated is what he's saying? They're trying to make people who are, have doubts about the vaccine paint them as, you know, these tinfoil hat, you know, crazies. Everybody has their own story, their own issues, and their own reasons for doing things. I'm with Rogers all the way. Now, he said some things about Trump over the past couple of years I don't agree with, but now he's beginning to see the light, I think, at least on this issue. He's not getting the vaccine. He's been treated or being treated, I think, with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And that's his right to do that. It's each individual should have a right to be treated as they see fit. It's between them and their doctor. Anyway, uh, I got a message here from a listener. This is from the Moving Saratoga Forward Facebook page. And one of our listeners here to the, uh, to the podcast pointed out, and it's a great story. And I'll just, uh, I'll go th- through uh, quickly because we don't have a lot of time. We'll, we'll follow up on the next show. But back in June, this Moving Saratoga Forward broke the story about uh, the Saratoga Springs School District. And just the, the school district, it, you know, promotes diversity and inclusion and equity. But this di- uh, diversity, inclusion and equity committee wasn't constructed in a way that fairly represents the diverse backgrounds of the residents in the district. And this can be plainly seen by comparing the percentage of registered Democrats and Republicans in the district to the percentage on the committee. Exact same percentage of Democrats and Republicans in the district, 35.8% of each. On the committee, 67% are Democrats, 8% are Republicans. And their hypothesis, moving Saratoga forward, is that this disparity was intentionally constructed by the school board majority, Democrats probably, and the district administration, no, no doubt dominated by Democrats, to guarantee the outcome they wanted. Exactly. According to a Freedom of Information request, it's even worse than they imagined. This request examines the number of people who applied to participate on the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, but were not picked by Michael Patton and the Saratoga Springs School Board of Trustees. Of the 50 Democrats who applied to be on the committee, about 50% were selected. Of the nine Republican parent community members who volunteered for the DIE committee, only one was selected. That's not very fair, is it? Where's the equity? Where's the diversity? This committee advises the district on policy and curriculum, and it's loaded with CRT lobbyists from Saratoga scene, including many of the organization organization's board members. It's fixed, like it is in in our local district. The Democrats on the school board run things. 
Now they're in the minority in our district. And the Democrats are the, are the party of government, and they're attracted to government and public education. Anything public is dominated by Democrats. We'll follow up more on this in the, uh, in the next show, but some of these people on this committee, Saratoga Scene, it's a local nonprofit, S-E-E-N. It's attempting to bring anti-racist education, uh, uh, what that is is Marxism, to Saratoga schools, in all schools, by the way, not just in Saratoga. They represent at least 10 of the 36 or 30% of adult members of the committee. And then there are all kinds of names here, but there are people who support BLM and Antifa. It's going on in the city of Saratoga. We'll follow up more in the next program. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. By the way, this is the future of radio, podcasting. And if, if this podcast can be heard on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, it's on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, you name it. We're there. We want to thank Ken Burns because he's put this all together. He's The BMG Network is his creation. We all contribute to it. There's so many fine uh, talents we have on the, uh, on the BMG Network. Ken Burns himself does a show, a weekly show, uh, maybe twice a week. Uh, Adrian Ross, fantastic uh, talent. She does uh, at least two shows a week. She has a YouTube channel. Kenny's got a YouTube channel as well. Uh, Malaysia, uh, Malaysia does so much great work behind the scenes to make all this happen. The website looks great. Check out the website. It's just, it's fantastic. We have columns up there for you. The Pack Perspective, I try to do a column at least once a week. We have uh, KC with Set Apart. And so many other fine shows. I'm forgetting people. I'm, I'm, it's very late as I record this. And, uh, but give it a listen and, and give the uh, website a, a, a look. The bmgnetwork.com. If you want to contact me directly, you can email me at pacman at the bmgnetwork.com. That's P-A-C-M-A-N at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thank you very much, folks, for listening. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.